Prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Superhuman Radio. Today is Monday, April 20th. 2020, and we continue to be confined. Lucky for me, I'm the only one in this studio, so I'm still social distancing. I can't touch any of you out there, so you're safe. We have a great show today. This is a, an advanced nutrient therapy-based uh, show. We're going to be talking about the role of nicotinamide, uh, vitamin B3, nicotinic acid, uh, and it may be uh, something that can u- be used to treat uh, certain types of eye diseases. Uh, that uh, result from the development of fibrotic uh, tissue with uh, Dr. Tim Blankensop. I have to say that a couple times. I'll get it right. And uh, But before we do that, we have to thank our title sponsor, uh, none other than uh, Legendary Foods. Right now, Legendary Foods has a special. Uh, since we are all stuck in our homes and we're eating, you can eat stuff that isn't going to make you fatter. Of course, they have fantastic nut butters, and uh, and also um, seasoned nuts, seasoned almonds uh, that are just unbelievable. Their nut butters have no added sugar, but yet they taste decadent. Um, one of my favorites is the blueberry cinnamon bun. Unbelievable, made with a combination of cashew and almond butter. But they are the best. If you go to eatlegendary.com, uh, you can order some of their products. And, of course, the Tasty Pastry, which has become a favorite around uh, the country today because it's basically a Pop-Tart, uh, but it's a healthy Pop-Tart. It has nine grams of high leucine protein, less than one gram of sugar, uh, three to four grams of impact uh, carbohydrates. Uh, it is uh, vegan. It's, uh, it's, it's great stuff. It's a fan- fantastic product. And, uh, and, and you can get those at eatlegendary.com. If you buy $100 worth of product or more and use the code RELIEF15, RELIEF15, you'll save $15 off your order. Show them some love. They are our title sponsor. And uh, without further delay, let me hide some of these images and bring my guest on today, Dr. Timothy Blankensop. How are you doing, Dr. Blankensop? Great. Great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. No, this is this is so, you know, my audience knows I've been doing the show for 14 years. It'll be 15 years. Actually, this is the longest running health and fitness podcast in the world. Can you believe that? It's amazing. Uh, but yeah, I, I saw those numbers. Very yeah. impressive. But but everybody knows that I started out uh, going to school uh, to study optometry. So the eye has a very, very special uh, interest uh, for me. So t- this study, what what... What studies preceded this that made you think we need to find out more about this? Yeah, that's a, a great question. So it really started during my postdoc. Um, uh, one of the things that I wanted to do was see if I can culture um, certain cell types of the eye from human cadaver donors. And uh, I was struggling quite a lot. And luckily for me, there was this great paper in 2009 on the use of nicotinamide to differentiate stem cells into certain cell types of eye. And so I figured, why not try it during my dissections and cultures? And it turns out to have uh, worked and helped uh, greatly. And uh, it was so impressive. I, I needed to better understand what the mechanism behind this was. So I continued to study it. 
you know, it's a, it's funny. We don't talk about the, the things that differentiate stem cells. We talk about stem cells. And people are actually going out and getting stem cell injections. But without things like a vitamin B3 or uh, real active vitamin A, uh, retinol, um, we don't see the type of tissue coming from these stem cell therapies. And the truth is, uh, we have stem cells in our body as part of, uh, part of the repair system in our body. But they don't always repair things because... They lack the differentiators. So B3 is one. Yeah, well, that's huh? exactly right. Yeah. yeah so, uh, and it, that's, that's a, that really uh, segues very well into the work that I do. Uh, during my post, that's exactly what um, uh, the group that uh, we, we said was uh, discovering. Itinamide could uh, help uh, differentiate these cells. And uh, in the lab of Dr. Sally Temple, we uh, discovered a subpopulation of retina cells that had uh, stem cell characteristics, and uh, and we continued to, to study that. And uh, these stem cells can differentiate into good cells, and they can differentiate into cells that could uh, lead to damage of the of the eye. And that's exactly the uh, what what I was studying with this uh, this study. So uh, this type of uh, an eye uh, disease, right, it is a form of disease, uh, can strike people just from aging or trauma, or actually uh, the one that I found most interesting, because we have such a large population of type 2 diabetics, this is uh, something that happens to their eyes, this fibrotic development, and we're going to get into how it works, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So as we age... um what we do to our bodies uh, has an impact on how our cells respond, and uh, that uh, includes diabetes. Um, and just the aging process itself um, uh, leads to wear and tear on our body. And, and there's a part, part of our eye called the vitreous body, and it's the gelatinous uh, part of our eye. And as we age, it starts to shrink. And that pulls on the different other parts of the, the eye, including the retina, which is the light-sensing part of the eye. And this, uh, once that happens, it could lead to tearing, retinal tearing. And uh, these little retinal tears uh, can uh, induce this uh, wound healing response, and which a wound healing response is good. Um, but over time, if this continues to reoccur, that could lead to a chronic state of wound healing and an exacerbation of um, this fibrotic growth. And, and that's what happens uh, as we age. Uh, we see higher increased incidence of these fibrotic growths or what we call epiretinal membranes around the, surrounding the retina. And those epiretinal membranes can contract. And as you can imagine, contraction on the retina, which is this, it's a part of your brain that's sticking out of your, your skull. Uh, and if you, if you are to, uh, start to contract on that tissue, very sensitive, delicate tissue, it leads to retinal detachment and vision loss. And I, I was thinking of an analogous to if you have a uh, movie screen and all of a sudden you start having wrinkles in it, you know, you have something on the back pulling this way and something on the side pulling this way, and all of a sudden the image becomes distorted because the plane is no longer flat. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's as if 
somebody imagine your comforter just pulling your comforter off of your off of your bed and creating all those folds that's exactly what happens yeah. to the retina yeah now um i also want to say to the audience that's listening and watching uh, live that this research may not be exclusive to just the eye so what we're going to be talking about here is a natural process in the body of healing the development of fibrotic tissue, these new fibers that are designed to repair, whether it's on your surface of your skin or inside your body, this process of, uh, of the development of fibrotic tissue is a natural process, but it goes awry sometimes, and it like gets too aggressive, right? Yeah, no, that's my understanding, definitely. Yeah. And so what typically induces these um, epiretinal membranes is the uh, secretion of certain inflammatory cytokines. And what we found um, was there is a a whole set of cytokines that get activated um, when there are retinal tears. And so we conducted a cytokine uh, screen just asking uh, what do these cytokines do to our cells in culture, in our little uh, in vitro uh, human cultures. And we were able to find that um, TGF-beta and TNF-alpha, which are inflammatory mm-hmm. cytokines, produce this uh, this epithelial to mesenchymal transition. So what's an epithelium? An epithelium is uh, a cuboidal uh, cells collected as a monolayer, and they typically form the borders of um, regions in our tissues, functional units in our tissues. And those, the shape is very important for their, for their function. And when these cells get exposed to TGF-beta or TNF-alpha, they change shape and they become more mesenchymal. And this is uh, a type of shape that's uh, more elongated and it loses the cuboidal shape and it, it uh, reduces its barrier function. And, and that leads to uh, um, just a degeneration of the function of this, this uh, monolayer. And... So that happens with either TGF-beta or TNF-alpha. And what I found was that when you add TGF-beta and TNF-alpha together, you get something completely different. It's a whole different beast. And that leads to this uh, aggregation of contractile membranes. And we we did a previous study uh, in our lab where uh, we were able to show that these aggregates in tissue uh, do, in fact, contract. Using contraction inhibitors, we could relax these these membranes. So they are contraction-dependent. So uh, does it sound like uh, we, we understand that today inflammation is a critical part of a healthy body, but inflammation is like you deploy it, you fix something, and it goes back. It's like the Army, right? But but chronic inflammation is when the Army has no general directing it, and it just kind of just goes to war with anything that it encounters. And when we look at the, uh, d- the diabetic obese model today, we know that these individuals produce a lot of uh, inflammatory cytokines in fat cells and everywhere else. And so is is this the problem? Does the, does the whole... Um, inflammation and then resolving process go awry where it's like just inflammation all the time and nothing ever gets resolved? That's definitely the case in terms of uh, proliferative diabetic retinopathy. 
with, uh, with regards to uh, proliferative vitreoretinopathy, retinopathy, where uh, these epithelial cells of the retina really participate, it's typically an acute um, uh, induction of an inflammation that is uh, that comes from like the combination of these cytokines coming together to really uh, lead to accelerated growth of this uh, mesenchymal membrane. But I think that uh, ultimately the chronic stress underlying um, the 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 normal state of of uh, a person's uh, homeostasis is like definitely contributes to it. Right. Um, okay, I'm going to get this question up here first, and then I've got a backup question. So Victor John Andrew Mispsud is a friend uh, through the show. He's been on the show. He actually did an amazing documentary that you may have heard of or you would love love to watch, I predict, called uh, uh, – they call him the blind biohacker. So he's losing his vision, and he his, he did okay. an, a great, an amazing – Victor, what's the name of the uh, what's the name of the uh, the documentary? I'm sorry, is it called the Blind Biohacker? That's just your nickname from it. But anyway, he asked, could could this therapy work for retinitis uh, pigmentosa? The B B three have an effect on that particular condition. So retinitis pigmentosa could could benefit. Uh, I haven't studied uh, the effects. Some of the so when we so when we treat. Um, or when we conducted these analyses, we conducted uh, RNA-seq sequencing of the tissue with and without vitamin uh, B3. Right. And, and there's certain uh, gene expression profiles that, uh, that suggest that, th- that nicotinamide could, could benefit. So retinitis pigmentosa has to do with um, a, a number of uh, mutations, and uh, those genes popped up in the, in the RNA-seq uh, data set, and it, it, so that, it's possible, but it needs to be studied. That 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 disease is actually a result of the uh, diminishing uh, capacity for the retina to produce re- uh, uh, rhodopsin and the other. I can't think of the other uh, pigment that's in the retina that actually causes you to see colors. But that's just a depletion of those those chemicals, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. What about what about macular degeneration? Is there a fibrotic component to macular degeneration? Yeah, more and more uh, reports uh, suggest that. And in fact, uh, a previous study uh, where uh, we investigated the, the impact of nicotinamide on uh, stem cells uh, from patients with macular degeneration. Uh, suggests that nicotinamide could improve the AMD uh, macular degeneration pathogenesis. And that study uh, discovered a number of, um, of uh, epigenetic uh, regulators that, uh, that it seems nicotinamide uh, drives in order to reduce uh, that, that AMD uh, pathogenesis. And that includes the histones, mm-hmm. but it also includes DNA repair uh, mechanisms. So uh, Victor's uh, documentary was called My Neuroplastic Adventure. It's okay. a really good documentary. You, you'd, I, I know that you'd enjoy it. He's a great individual. and we communicate I will check right it out. Yeah. So, um, and then also I need to put this up there. Uh, Victoria Vallejo says, my favorite PhD. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Thank you, Victoria. Um, <laughs> So, 
you said that, and, and we're going to dig deeper into the study in a second, but you said some things that really piqued my interest. So do the epithelial cells actually differentiate back into mesenchymal stem cells or the mesenchymal stem, stem cells infiltrate the epithelial layer? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And it's something that we were really curious about ourselves. And so uh, one thing that we should uh, should bring up the point is that the retina derives from the neuroectoderm. And so these uh, the cell type that, that we are talking about uh, the epithelial cell type in the retina is the retinal pigment epithelium, and those are neuroectoderm derived. And so they they should not uh, exhibit a mesenchymal uh, characteristic at all. Uh, however, when they are perturbed in particular ways, such as being exposed to TGF-beta and TNF-alpha uh, simultaneously, they do progress through an epithelial to mesenchymal transition. And uh, for most most of the time, we thought that that was irreversible. And so that once the cells move past a certain level of, of uh, transition, we cannot revert them back. Um, and with the promising results that we were, we were finding at the very beginning of this study, we thought, okay, so we find that nicotinamide can inhibit the epithelial to mesenchymal transition. What if we start with uh, RTE cells that have undergone an epithelial to mesenchymal transition. Can we now add nicotinamide, and will it be able to revert it back to an epithelial uh, phenotype? And in fact, that's what the study shows, that nicotinamide will reverse epithelial to mesenchymal transition, and uh, what is uh, termed a mesenchymal to epithelial transition. So uh, for my own selfish reasons, and we, we, I shared this with you, so I have a, a, a scar on my cornea from an accident, uh, a, 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 an ulcer, and uh, it's cloudy. It's been getting clearer, believe it or not, and I have been taking uh, fairly high doses of uh, uh, nicotinic acid, time release. You know, they use a, a gum so it just doesn't hit you fast and make you flush, but it's, it's just pure, plain old, you know, three-cent nicotinic acid. And I definitely noticed some changes. I like it's, it. It baffled me a couple of days ago where I actually thought I, I had my contact lens on and I and I didn't. I was like, wow, I can see so clear all of a sudden. So, would it pay for me to get a uh, a, 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 um, a sterile B three raw powder and put it in a, in, in a buffered aqueous solution and put a drop or two in my eye from time to time? Well, I'm not. A physician. This is not medical advice. Right. No, I know that. <laughs> but, I know. That. Yeah. But you have to say that. I know. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but um, who knows? It does seem that that nicotinamide uh, doesn't. Is this is not specific to the retinal pigment epithelial monolayer? Uh, that that it, in fact uh, we did notice that the other uh, epithelial types can uh, can respond to nicotinamide. Yeah. Very good. I'm excited now. Um, and of course, uh, Victor says, uh, if you need a guinea pig, uh, he's actually using some, he, he's actually had some, uh, uh, peptides, uh, made for him at a compounding pharmacy that we both know about. Uh, and I think he's also using rhodopsin and a couple other things as well, uh, to try to uh, restore and protect the, uh, stop the progression of his own vision problems. So he said he's interested if you want any guinea pigs. So there you go. <laughs> All right, so, so let, let's talk. Let's talk about the, um, the the research for a moment. So, 
explain how this study was done. Sure. Uh, well, we start off with uh, human cadaver uh, donors. So uh, people who have passed but uh, has, have signed on to uh, uh, donate tissue for research, which is very, very valuable. And, uh, and we try to culture the cells from, from uh, their donations. And uh, using these cells, uh, we have a human model in the dish. We have an aged cell that has the history that that individual lived so that we can really uh, dig deeper into uh, the human part of the disease as opposed to um, animal models, which uh, compared to in vitro, animal models are uh, have some advantages because you have the whole organism. You, you can see how the different parts interact. However, if you just want to nail down to the mechanism, the, the cellular mechanism, then using the human cells makes more sense. And then you can always follow up with, with animal models to just confirm that right. uh, your potential treatments don't create damage in, in other parts in of the a body. Living, in a living being yeah, of some sort, right, exactly. Yes, so, so we, we, we took those cells and then we started to ask if we can just maintain the cells as if they were in vivo, meaning can we, can we keep all the features that we find in vivo in our dish? And so that was something that we spent a lot of time on to make sure that our model really replicates uh, both electrophysiologically, immunohistochemically, the, the, the native environment. And once we start to feel confident that we, in fact, have a, ver- a relatively robust model in vitro, then we started to treat our in vitro model with parts of the disease that have been found in the literature. And so that includes these cytokines. So we started to treat these cells, these retinal pigment epithelial cells, with different cytokines that have been associated with fibrotic disease of the eye. And what we found is that a lot of the cytokines can produce, uh, induce um, the epithelial to mesenchymal transition in these cells. However, the unique combination of TGF-beta and TNF-alpha had a particular effect that just drove it to a whole nother level whereby we didn't just see an epithelial to mesenchymal transition, but we saw a contractility in the dish. And it resembled uh, proliferative vitreo retinopathy so well um, that we wanted to dig uh, deeper into how, um, how these cells transform so aggressively and, and what kind of proteins start to be expressed in these cells. And, uh, and so first off, we started to conduct... Um, RNA sequencing. We took the RNA from these cells in different conditions and conducted uh, sequencing of their gene expression. And then we also did uh, uh, chip sequencing, which is chromatin immunoprecipitation sequencing. And that digs into the epigenetics of the cells. We wanted to not only know what genes are changed, mm-hmm. but we wanted to know the how the epigenetic landscape changes. And I know you are very interested into the epigenetic uh, changes that occur. And so uh, I'm sure your audience is well aware that the, the epigenetic landscape orchestrates which genes are expressed and when. 
and uh, nicotinamide and the NAD pathway is very well known to be a uh, an epigenetic repair system that makes sure that it is behaving in the proper way and is capable of uh, responding uh, to the stimulus in the correct manner. And so from those uh, sequencing and epigenetic analyses, uh, we found certain uh, pathways that, that were changed. And that included a lot of wound healing pathways, a lot of angiogenesis pathways, a lot of um, mesenchymal and, and contractile pathways were pulled up. And so uh, in our previous paper, we did a comparison between um, with and without nicotinamide, and also a pathway came up, which is TGF-beta pathway. Mm -hmm. And so we thought, okay, we're connecting these dots here from these different studies. Perhaps nicotinamide could positively um, affect these these pathways that are being turned on when TGF-beta and TNF-alpha are, uh, are uh, surrounding the cells. And in fact, um, nicotinamide did prove to... Uh, to be able to do just that. And so we're really interested in understanding which genes nicotinamide were, was able to turn on and what pathways are essential for this, uh, this reversion back to an epithelial phenotype. And some of the, some of the proteins uh, actually have to do with mitochondrial uh, repair proteins. And so we do think that uh, the mitochondria are playing a big role in how nicotinamide is uh, improving the epithelial uh, state of these cells. You know, it's funny. I, I wrote hard tumor down while we were talking, right? So mm -hmm. we know things about solid tumors, and they upregulated fibrinogen, and that's what makes them so dense and hard. And it sounds to me that, you know, without saying anything about cancer, but it sounds to me that maybe uh, nicotini nicotinamide, I want to say nicotinic acid all the time, nicotinamide may have a, a value in that. We know that vitamin C actually has a value, not curative, but vitamin C in in increases collagen production. Collagen production sequesters uh, single uh, uh, cells uh, so that they don't get land and tissue and, and plant themselves and start to grow. So there's all these different um, uh, extrinsic things going on. So everybody's looking to cure cancer using intrinsic things, but there's all these extrinsic things. It sounds to me like the the uh, fibrinogen, the fibrotic process of a solid tumor may, may be a role for, for, for B3 in that as well. Well, it is true that um, after um, bouts of uh, chemo and radiotherapy, that uh, there are some patients that go through NADIV treatment and that uh, improves their their response to the chemotherapy mm -hmm. and, and, and suggest that they, they could be playing some benefit. So um, a, a, a friend of mine who I value his his brain, we, we had so – I was injecting NAD+. Plus. Uh, 100 milligrams a week, uh, four doses of 25. Wow. And it's not that much, really, when you look at the IVs. But, um, but he, he, and the reason I'm taking nicotinic acid today, again, I took it years ago because of the whole, you know, HDL, LDL balancing effects of it. And every statin drug in the world is held against niacin as the gold standard for managing 
dyslipidemia, but no one takes niacin for dyslipidemia except people who understand it. And so uh, I stopped taking it a long time ago. But then we were talking and he said, you know, you may want to look deeper into the whole NAD synthesis process because NAD is produced on demand and there are enzymes that get rid of it quickly as well as needed. And it's best produced intracellularly. And when you take the injection, there's no evidence that it's actually getting in the cell. It actually may stay outside the cell. And that may downregulate the production in the cell. He gave me all these things, and I thought, you know, damn it, yeah, I'm a I'm a huge fan of 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 uh, um, oh god, I just of ants, not ancestral, but of of uh, evolutionary science. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Like you know what, we try to do these things and outsmart nature when we realize we should have just did what nature wanted. So I thought, well, I'm just going to start taking nicotinic acid again. Let my body produce its own NAD on demand when it wants it, where it wants it, in the amounts that it wants it in. And so, um, you know, it's interesting because um, one of the things I learned about uh, nicotinic acid back in 2007 when I did an interview with a scientist where we were looking at its effects on dyslipidemia, he pointed out that the potassium salts, the flush-free niacin, doesn't work in, in stimulating the receptor changes in the liver that increase HDL and lower LDL. And so I'm wondering, you're using real nicotinic acid, nicotinamide. Uh, you're, you're not using a potassium salt or a flush-free version that's sold at Walgreens. I wonder if those versions even confer these types of benefits. Right. I mean, it's, it's definitely possible. Ultimately, anyone over the age of 35 are, is nicotinamide de- deficient. And I suspect as we get older, if we don't have the proper um, the proper tools in our toolbox, we're not able to continue to maintain the repair at the at the homeostatic level, at the optimal level, let's say, uh, for your body. And so as we get older, if we don't have those supplies coming in, then the body just does uh, what it can and uh, focuses on what's important mm-hmm. and then leaves the things that are not as important aside and, and, and ignores them. So I think that it's it's good to provide the your body with what is needed so that it has the necessary tools to combat whatever damage occurs, and uh, and so I think that 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 likely uh, is what explains the discrepancy between uh, whether or not nicotinamide will increase or decrease uh, sirtuin levels, right? So there's there's some some controversy as to whether or not you know it's beneficial or not. And I suspect that partially has to do with the fact that if a study is done in a mouse that's, uh, that's adolescent and not depleted of certain compounds, uh, that's not going to have the same, you're not starting from the same uh, health state as say an adult human over the age of 50. And so um, perhaps some of the things are translatable, but not everything. And I suspect that uh, the, uh, some of the results that sh- suggested that nicotinamide can inhibit sirtuin product or sirtuin uh, levels uh, likely has to do with with that difference. And uh, and we have found actually published in the, uh, the previous paper that uh, in these old adult human RPE, when we provide nicotinamide, sirtuin cert one expression actually goes up. Wow, that's a, that's that's exciting because you know nicotinamide is so cheap. It's so cheap. I mean, it's just an easy thing for people to to uh, supplement with to add a little extra 
to their diet that they're probably not getting in their diet anyway because everybody's on some sort of restrictive diet, whether it's keto or vegan or, you know, uh, we're missing out on so many different things today. Uh, let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll dive deeper into the study. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Superhuman Radio. Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman Radio listeners get 30% off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRx.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more productive at RenewLifeRx.com. How often do you sit with your laptop right on your lap? How much time do you spend on your cell phone? Are you in a technology-packed office Monday through Friday? Are you worried about this type of radiation? Now there's something you can do about it. GetLambs.com. This radiation has been linked to infertility in men, glandular tumors, gut microbiome dysbiosis, and impaired sleep quality. Now you can provide 360-degree protection to at-risk parts of your body with radiation-proof apparel from GetLambs.com. Comfortable, breathable, and 99% effective. Go to GetLambs.com and use coupon code SHR for 20% off your order of $100 or more. That's GetLambs.com, G-E-T-L-A-M-B-S.com, and code SHR. Hey, this is Carl. For 14 years, you've heard me talk about Can-See Eye Drops, and they being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at now 61 years old. But I regularly get emails and messages from people who've been using Can-See and having some amazing results. Recently, I got an email from a fellow named Chad, who, because he was on dexamethasone eye drops for over six months, developed a cataract. Can-See Eye Drops actually reduced my cataract to the point where even my doctor has a hard time finding it. I will never stop using Cansee eye drops twice a day. I've been using them since 2008, he says. And you should be too. There is no better way to keep your eyes healthy and seeing clearly than Cansee eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com today and get on board and we will both be looking into the future with very clear vision. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game to distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. You've heard me talk about the chill pill on the show and how effective it is at helping people who suffer from social anxiety or sometimes when you just want to take the edge off uh, to a long, stressful day. Well, listen to this story from Dylan Goutreau. Definitely takes anxiety away, which I have a long history of. Having started out at two milligrams a day of Xanax, that was at eight years old, and so I stopped using benzos three years ago. Extremely difficult. Yeah, so I spent about three years trying to find anything and everything I could that would be healthy for me um, to help with anxiety. Because I'm talking, you know, full, full out panic attack. The the chill pill was the first thing that I found that actually, in the middle of a panic attack, I can take, and it definitely uh, subsides. Go to drseeds.com. That's D R. R-S-E-E-D-S.com. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your first bottle of the chill pill. Check it out. I promise this is one supplement that delivers. 
Do you remember those delicious toaster pastries you had when you were a kid? You know, the rectangular sugar-filled snacks? Well, guess what? Legendary Foods has just made low-carb toaster pastry. This is the first of its kind, and honestly, these things are amazing. They have three to four net carb, less than one gram of sugar, and nine grams of protein. You can eat them right out of the wrapper or lightly toast them. The only question is, which flavor? Strawberry or brown sugar cinnamon? They're available at eatlegendary.com and Amazon. This is the Superhuman Channel. Evolution just got kicked up a notch. Welcome back. We're talking with Dr. Tim Blenkinsop. We're talking about niacin, a very inexpensive form of B3. It's hard to even find real niacin today at a Walgreens or CVS because all they have is the flush-free niacin, which I am a big believer is not as valuable. And if you're worried about the flushing, just buy the time-release uh, niacin, which uses gum to keep the uh, powder stuck together so it takes longer to dissolve in your stomach uh, and, and throughout your digestive tract. And you don't get the flushing because it just kind of leaches into you slowly. But I take a thousand, I take 500 milligrams with breakfast and I take 500 milligrams with the meal that I'll have at the end of today's show. And I've been doing it for other reasons, but I have a feeling that there's a lot more value to it than, than anyone uh, invests in this very inexpensive uh, form of B3. So, I, I want to ask you, what was most surprising to you? What, what aha moment did you go, wow, we didn't expect that? I have a funny feeling it was the combination of the two, uh, the, the, the one plus one equals six combination of the two uh, inflammatory cytokines. Yeah, that's exactly right. That When we found that the, uh, the TGF-beta and TNF-alpha could produce such a big effect on, on the behavior of the cells, um, and that it resembled so closely the, the disease state, this, these contractile membranes that are detaching the retina, uh, we, we really wanted to, to dig into w- what changes are occurring in the retinal pigment epithelium and then, uh, and then find, find a, a compound that could reverse it. And, and so that, that was very surprising when we found that nicotinamide can, can reverse an FDO-chemical transition. Uh, the, when we first found that nicotinamide inhibited the EMT, uh, that was exciting. And I, it was sort of, um, I was just sort of going out on a limb saying, okay, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Uh, shot in the dark, let's see if we can reverse this, uh, this transition. And when I saw that it was reversing within one month, that was very exciting. So when 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 this when it reverses, do we see some sort of uh, autophagy taking away the unwanted tissue and ending up with a nice flat layer of epithelial cells again? Yeah, that's a great question, and that's something that we were really interested in studying. We haven't really dug deep into autophagy yet, but that is one of the the um, directions that our lab is headed. Um, I think that. The uh, changes that occurred was uh, it, it relates to how the cells uh, change in the first place. So transcription factors uh, really drive the gene expression changes. And so two of the transcription factors that are um, most well known in an epithelial to mesenchymal transition is snail and slug. And so we were monitoring these these genes. Those are great names, right? They go together, yeah. snails and slug. A snail has a home, a slug doesn't. 
<laughs> and in fact, those genes, the changes in those genes go together as well. And so we found that uh, uh, when we treat with TGF beta TNF alpha, snail and slug transcription factors uh, will go up dramatically. And then um, when we add nicotinamide, those genes just shut down very dramatically. And instead, uh, the genes that are responsible for uh, retina um, physiology and retina function, uh, which includes two transcri transcription factors, uh, MITF and OTX2, those genes returned as well when we add nicotinamide. So it's not just a generic epithelium. Right. It, it reverts back to its original uh, epithelial identity. And so that is, that's remarkable. It, it, and, yeah. and for, for something so commonplace, like we have to remember that nicotinamide is, is, uh, upstream of so many processes, which includes fatty acid synthesis mm -hmm. and nucleic acid synthesis, both RNA and DNA. So it's, it's a very general thing. Um, it's almost as ubiquitous as ATP and for it to have a, the ability to um, to reverse the identity back into the original state. It it not only shows that our epigenetic state, um, there are still marks that are persistent, that once you move towards uh, a, a mesenchymal-type state, you still have some epigenetic uh, marks that are telling the cell, you're still an RPE. You may be a sick RPE, but you're still RPE. And if you get provided with the right nutrition, you're going to go back. And that's exactly what it does. Wow, that's fascinating. Now, that's fascinating. Um, could could uh, B3 be mislabeled? Could it be an enzyme? No, but the enzymes that work on uh, nicotinamide uh, definitely uh, play a major role in its, uh, the uh, presence of it for NAD synthesis. And I think that the relative uh, expression levels of these enzymes, uh, and not only within the cells, but also in the blood, uh, also plays a major role in how uh, NAD, NAD levels uh, help to maintain uh, homeostasis in our cells. How and I think that I'm sorry. The, the, and I think that the, the general um, supply of these, these ingredients uh, really drive uh, the expression of these enzymes. How long did it, did it take for you to start to see these changes once the nicotinamide was introduced? Yeah, so it depends on which experiment. Um, if we are just taking uh, cells from the human eye and trying to plate them, what we found is instantaneously, if we add nicotinamide, the number of cells that survive and attach to the plate increases dramatically from, let's say, 10% to 40%. What is that an indicator with, of when they take to the plate so easily? And I think that it's an indicator of their health. Um, okay. one of the, one of the, uh, main things that we are starting to observe is that with nicotinamide, these retinal pigment epithelial cells, cells start to increase their mitochondrial biogenesis. 
So that these are the engines of the cell. Oh, yeah. And uh, and so once uh, once you have uh, more mitochondria available, then you can start producing much more energy. And just the energy by itself will uh, enable the cells to respond and, and, and try to perform things that it would otherwise not try to perform. And I think that that is a really exciting uh, pathway alongside autophagy that are that is playing a role in in um, restoring these cells. And so I think that, that that was the first really big surprise that basically within 24 hours, giving the cells, and probably faster, giving the cells nicotinamide will allow them to survive and, and uh, re- regain their, their identity. But now what about and the then, transition of uh, go- going from a mesenchymal cell back to a... Uh... Right, yeah. So that is a little slower process. And uh, I think that a lot of things have to be done for, for nicotinamide to really uh, reverse it. And that takes about one month uh, for... Good, uh, yeah. You know, uh, I'm, I, a lot of these wonderful therapies, like we did a show on a peptide called sabinatide, which actually, at four milligrams a day for 28 days, caused neuronal sprouting in all tissue, from the cornea to the epidermis and everywhere else. And so I, I was so excited about this peptide because I thought, you know, if you've ever owned an old car and the wire harness starts to wear, you know, and all of a sudden dielectric failure happens. And every time you turn left, your windshield wipers turn on. You know, the body kind of goes through that as you age with the nervous system. I thought, could you imagine literally like regrowing your nervous system? Well, I was so excited about it. And a lot of people were, and some people used it and they saw some changes, but the changes weren't dramatic. And then I realized, ah, wait, if you don't remove the insult first, then the net changes may be nothing at all because while you're fixing it, it's breaking it again. And so, you know, uh, when people hear this sort of stuff, they think, okay, I'm just going to take nicotinic acid and this problem's going to go away. Not if you're still insulting the tissue and causing the problem. It may get a little better, but it's not going to be in a month. It may take 10 years because you break it a little. You know, it's like two steps forward, one step back every single day, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely that's the case, I think. Yeah. And uh it, it always depends on where you're starting from the, 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 the starting state. So, uh, if you are, um, already in uh, having uh, diabetes and, and hypertension, it may take a little longer for, for you to reverse some of the, the damage. Um, but that's, uh, yeah, it, it, it all, all depends. So mitochondrial biogenesis is a fascinating thing, right? Because we've done shows on mito farming, you know, all the things you can do, you know, extreme exercise, but not too far where you're causing your body to break down more. And so when you say mitochondrial biogenesis, I'm thinking, wait a minute, I would imagine it's not exclusive to just the eye, the mitochondrial biogenesis that could be affected from B3. Yeah, no, I think that it's likely that, uh, any cell that is in a stress state and not um, with without the proper uh, nutrients will have some um, inefficiencies in their mitochondria. Either they don't have enough, or the uh, the mitochondrial DNA has been damaged, and so it doesn't perform as efficiency. Uh, also, the membrane resistance is very important for it to be able to produce. Um, energy efficiently 
And so uh, when it's not in the highest performing, then the, the membrane resistance uh, drops, which means that it's a little leaky and so it cannot produce as much ATP. And all of these uh, sort of all these deficits add up to um, to not being able to keep up with what your body demands. And uh, if uh, nicotinamide is is growing new mitochondria and their mitochondrial resistant membrane resistance is improving, then you're going to become more efficient and you're going to be able to repair um, more damage than than without it. We're going to take so a last. Perhaps- oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, no problem. Uh, I was just going to say, so perhaps uh, to go back to those, uh, the neurogenesis that you were mentioning, um, you know, it, it may be that these proteins are providing signals to do something and, uh, and they do do it partially as much as they could with the supplies given, but perhaps with the proper nutrition, nutrition, they would be able to, to do more. Right. No, I, I agree. I want to take our last commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to wrap up the interview. Stay tuned. You're listening to Superhuman Radio. You're watching us on Facebook. Uh, we probably have time for one more question, too, if somebody wants to post one. We'll be right back. Redcon One is one of the fastest-growing supplement companies in the world today. That's because they produce supplements that deliver on their promises. From their flagship pre-workout Total War to their innovative whole food MREs and bars. Now you can get the deepest discount ever offered to any audience anywhere. Use code SHR and get 25% off all Redcon One products today. SHR and 25% off. Go to redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one, dot com. Crank your muscle gains to new heights by transforming every gram of protein you eat into three grams with Masszymes. With 100,000 HUTs of protease per capsule, Masszymes increases your absorption of key amino acids, resulting in stronger, healthier digestion of proteins and certain vitamins that not only multiplies the impact of the protein you eat, but can also repair a damaged intestinal wall. Go to Masszymes Flash, SHR for 10% off. That's M-A-S-S-Z-Y-M-E-S dot com slash SHR. 7,451. That's how many people kick the bucket, buy the farm, or cash in their chips every day in the United States. Yep, that means five people are going to meet their maker during this commercial. And no, our commercials are not the cause. Half of those who punch the clock for the final time will do so without life insurance. Call Big Lou at Term Provider before you are number 7452. If you're a 50-year-old male, a tad porky with a touch of diabetes, $1 million of term life insurance may only cost about 200 bucks a month. With more verified five-star reviews than any other Lou on the radio, Big Lou has saved thousands of people thousands on their term insurance premiums. Stop procrastinating and call Big Lou today at 800-560-0301. 800-560-0301. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He doesn't want to be number 7,452. Call 800-560-0301 or com. Quest Nutrition makes bars, cookies, chips, and pizzas out of complete dairy-based proteins. Our products minimize net carbs and sugar without sacrificing taste. Each delicious chocolate-flavored chip 
Cookie Chunk and Crunchy Crumble is custom made to maintain Quest macros. It's time to enjoy foods that work for you, not against you. It's time to enjoy your Quest. Are you still on the fence about Body Protection Complex BPC Oral from DrSeeds.com? Listen to Maggie Kuhn, one of the owners of the C-Bus Lifting Company, Jim, in Columbus, Ohio. I had been having some nagging tendon issues that weren't injuries, just, just things that were annoying. You know, I'm 58 years old, so just older tendon kind of issues. For us powerlifters, you know, we really don't stop training when we have just nagging issues. We just kind of keep pushing through. And I started the BPC. What I noticed was I was doing some heavy tricep stuff that um, that would have killed me um, before when I had an elbow problem, and I was able to do this with literally no pain at all. Go to DrSeeds.com, D-R-S-E-E-D-S.com. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your bottle of BPC Body Protection Complex today. You've heard about blood flow restriction training since 2006 on SHR, but you're still on the fence. Well, here's the push. BFR is more effective at building muscle than anabolic steroids. That's right. I went there, but it's because it's the truth. My experience with the B-Strong blood flow restriction system is proof to me, and now I'm asking myself why I waited so long. You'll see undeniable changes in the targeted muscles in days and weeks like nothing you've ever tried before. I will never stop using them. Give B-Strong a try. Go to training forward slash super hyphen human and use code SHR for 10% off. This is the Superhuman Channel, where we use oxygen for the power of good. Welcome back. We're talking with Dr. Tim Blenkinsop. We're talking about nicotinic acid, uh, niacin, a B3 vitamin. And really, uh, while this show focuses on uh, tissue and the etiology of disease states in the eye, it, it can probably safely be taken as having these types of effects uh, throughout the entire body, which I really am excited about uh, this discussion, especially when you start talking about mitochondrial biogenesis. Um, so the uh, this study obviously was completed how long ago? Uh, this was just published in uh, this month, in, at the beginning of April. This study uh, basically spanned, uh, I would say, uh, five years. Of, of work and you know I have to uh, thank the the people who were responsible for this uh, first off um, my mentor Sally Temple uh, who's also also a senior co-author of this uh, paper but also um, Marie Fernandez Nathan Bowles uh, Lauren Schiff Barnak Mani and uh, Zebit Erickson uh, and Jen Mitsenai are, are some of the, the main uh, people that, that drove this research, along with our collaborator, uh, Joanna Visoska, who did uh, a lot of the epigenetic analysis and sequencing. And was this de- done over there at Mount Sinai, uh, uh, the facility there? or? Yeah, so it, it spanned uh, three locations, um, ICANN School of Medicine on Mount Sinai, the Neural Stem Cell Institute, and Stanford University. Very exciting. It's really, yeah. it's much more exciting. I know your focus is, is on, you know, diseases of the eye. But I, you know, I am so happy that I've been taking a thousand milligrams of, of nicotinic acid a day for about the past month, and I'll continue to take it. Do you take niacin? Just curious. I do take niacinamide. Yes. Yeah. So how much do you take? And I think that, um, I mean, I I take uh, five hundred milligrams, yeah. um, just a little, a little, a little extra because I know it'll. It, you know, I'm 43 years old. I'm sure I'm deficient of niacinamide, so I might as well give my body a little extra. 
but uh, you know, there a lot of the the nicotinamide um, like uh, molecules like uh, nicotinamide mononucleotide, nicotinamide riboside. I think all of these are beneficial. So we know that uh, the couple interesting things that niacin does, especially if it's the type that makes you flush, mm-hmm. um, it causes a rapid. A release of one of the prostaglandins that's associated with uh, allergic reactions. And if you take it daily, you notice, hey, I don't get flushed anymore. And that's because these uh, prostaglandins that are sitting around waiting to, for something to do, they, they live in a pool. And once you deplete that pool, they're not as reactive. And a lot of people who take niacin without recognizing this isn't why they take it, about two or three months into it, they start going, you know, my allergies don't bother me anymore. So there seems to have an ability on overreactive immune systems, which pretty much is a problem in us, in our population today, when you look at the vast number of disease states that can be, uh, you know, correlated back to uh, autoimmunity, which is an immune system that's gone awry. Have you you noticed any of those changes at all? I have seen, not personally myself, but I have seen publications that uh, suggest that uh, nicotinamide uh, may uh, improve conditions in autoimmune diseases. And the other thing that's fascinating to me is its role on the microvasculature of the body. Everybody knows that when you get flush, what's happening is, you know, blood flow is increasing all the way out to the periphery of the body. And, you know, some people get flush just on their face and their back. But, you know, if you take it long enough, you start to notice that your skin quality changes. And I attribute that to uh, it actually helps to dilate these very, very small blood vessels in the body. And those very, very small blood vessels in the body uh, have been assigned now to the development, development of what used to be called diabetic neuropathy, but now is just is idiopathic neuropathy. And that's because these blood vessels are responsible for feeding nerves. And, you know, if, when you were a kid and you sat down on your leg and watched a really good movie, you got up an hour later and your leg was asleep, you know, it, it's numb. Then it hurts because the blood flow starts to... Well, that's the blood flow regained into that's feeding these nerves. And th- now they're saying, you know, a lot of this neuropathy is from uh, uh, diminishing blood flow to those small blood vessels. And niacin has the ability to reverse that over time. Yeah, it makes sense that if the, the blood vessels uh, become dilated, then there's going to be increased oxygen to those regions. And of course, that that will be good for those cells. This is fascinating. Are you already working on your next study? Next studies, yes. <laughs> so I, we're doing a, a deeper dive on uh, mitochondrial biogenesis. We want to understand what are the, the key components that are responsible for nicotinamide to d- produce such a large effect on the number and the quality of mitochondria. And we are uh, zeroing in on uh, uh, PGC1-alpha, uh, and uh, trying to see whether that is responsible or at least playing playing a, a, a role in, in driving that. I wish that you would consider moving forward, uh, looking at all of these uh, uh, cases and therapeutic approaches, both in the open environment or in radio-free rooms where free frequency is completely filtered out. I have a funny feeling you're going to see something. I don't know what it's going to be, but I just know that RF, incident RF that we're surrounded in today is is playing a role on a cellular level. Now, 
who knows? Maybe it's good. You know, maybe maybe we're going to be endowed with some superpower someday. I don't know. But but right now, I think a lot of it is bad. And, I, you know, as we talked at the beginning of the show, when Motorola, I, when I was in the cellular telephone business, we went to a, a land mobile radio show in Las Vegas. I was based in Las Vegas, so it was easy. We just drove over. And so um, I, I uh, was talking to the Motorola, uh, one of the engineers that actually worked on the original cellular system that was launched in Chicago. Uh, for Central Telephone of Chicago. And, you know, we were talking about the cell phone and, you know, why it had that big mast and then that tiny little quarter wave. Because 800 megahertz antenna is only about an inch and a half, two inches long. That's all it has to be. That's either a quarter wave or half wavelength. And and he said because Motorola knew from their, their, exp- their experience with trunking radios, which used those same frequencies, but they were push-to-talk type radios, that... That RF in that range uh, caused hyperoxidation of the of the of the crystalline lens in the eye, and and they were afraid that over time it would lead to premature cataracts, and they didn't want mounting lawsuits to come out. This is before we had all these class action attorneys advertising on TV. Did your you know toilet paper give you a hemorrhoid? You know, join the lawsuit. You know, and so uh, and that's when it dawned on me that you know this is before I even got into the conscious. Uh, effort to improve my own health. It was like, wow, RF does something to you that you don't see. You don't know. It's like magic. It's happening. And when we talk about fibrotic tissue earlier, you said, well, you do know cataracts is kind of a, a fibrotic process, right? Yeah, and that's exactly right. That this is a fibrosis of the lens. And um, yeah, I can't really speak to um, the frequencies, um, but uh, I'm sure there are studies out that, that will, will, uh, will suggest some of those points that that perhaps certain frequencies uh, can induce a stress response in the cells. Yeah, they're finding out that non-ionizing radiation actually has an effect now, and there's several good studies out there. I want to thank you so much for making time to come on the show. This is fascinating stuff. Thank you very much for having me. It's been an honor. I've been uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. Take care, and please keep me. Uh, you you have Elisa's email address. So just yes. uh, keep us abreast of uh, studies, and uh, we'll get you back on the air right away. Happy to. Thank you. Stay safe in New York. Thank you. Thank Stay- you. Yeah, everyone's safe and healthy. Take care. All right, so uh, that's it for today's uh, interview. I don't have anything else. I hope you got something out of it. I think everybody should be taking niacin. I have to tell you something. Um, you can get the time-release niacin. Not the prescription sustained release. That's different. Niaspan is by prescription, and it actually has a great deal of hepatic stress. It hurts the liver over time. But plain old cheap nicotinic acid in a uh, time-released version. They come in 500-milligram caplets. A lot of companies make it. Um, start, taking, start, start taking it with a meal, uh, 500 milligrams a day. Make sure you don't – sometimes those time-release capsules, the caplets – they will break down faster than they're supposed to, and you'll get it. I, last night, I happened to be talking to Elisa about it. I saw my, my niacin uh, caplet that I took with dinner tonight actually must have released too fast because I'm getting this warm sensation on my face and my upper chest, but it goes away in a couple minutes, and you know what it's from, so it's not like you're freaking out like, oh, what's wrong with me? I'm dying. But I think that people should start considering supplementing with niacin. Uh, I've taken as much as 1,500 milligrams a day, but I'm, right now I'm on 1,000. Two times a day I take 500 milligrams. And who knew that it increases sirtuins? That means it has some sort of anti-aging benefit. 
uh, mitochondrial biogenesis. Oh, my God. That's exciting. So uh, I think it's worthy of your investigation, especially if you're older like me. I'm old. I never thought of myself as old, but all of a sudden I got here. All right, that's it for today. Tomorrow is the Blueprint Power Hour. And then Elisa Profumo has great shows planned for the rest of the week. We're going to start doing a, um, because she's getting so good at booking these interviews in advance, we're going to start going back to having a show program on the website so people can go and look and see what shows are playing this week so that they can make their effort to make sure that they, they listen to them. All right, see you tomorrow. Thank you for watching and listening. And those of you who participated in the Facebook Live, thank you for being here. We'll see you tomorrow.